0: You ever been to Belize before, Josh? There been a place that you've traveled to? Uh,
1: No, I have not been to Belize. Sounds awesome, though. I had to
0: Google. I wasn't very familiar with it. I'm not even kidding. Right off the... There's a lot going on on the coast. A few places I wouldn't mind visiting. You
1: kidding me, Plank? I've barely been to Dallas, Texas.
0: I mean, think about my travel. The only the only time I travel anywhere is with a game. I mean, my summer vacation is driving across the country to go see my son for 10 minutes and then leave.
1: Hey, all right, buddy. See you later. Yeah, when uh, when's that OU game in Belize coming up? <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's when you'll scheduled. see me there.
0: That's the only way that we would go. But uh, thanks to uh, JVT and her growing fan base here on the ref. Cavens Construction is where we hang. On our Thursdays, in the meantime, we can open it up for you at 405-329-9000. 405-329-9000. Joey's coming up with us from OU Insider at 11 a.m. So, I feel like I'm missing out on something. Is there a major story that we haven't discussed yet? We hit Cruton. We hit Baker, which we'll talk about much, much more as this show goes on. You guys have great text messages about it. Um, We haven't really talked too much about night two of the summer league, and I do need to defend myself. By the way, Toby Toby Roland knocking me off my pedestal this morning uh, on summer league conversations. Oh, I know what it is. Should we be triggered? Should we be angry, Josh Helmer, over the lack of an Oklahoma Sooner not named Michael Turk on the All Big Twelve team?
1: I think Marvin Mims has a legitimate beef, though. I really, really like the three wide receivers that were selected first team. I mean, it's – look, Xavier Worthy's got to be on the first team. And Quentin Johnston's great from TCU. And Xavier Hutchinson's really, really good from Iowa State. So, while I feel like – I think Marvin Mims, when it's all said and done and the dust settles, I think he's going to be a first team, all Big 12 wide receiver from Oklahoma – I think that's how it's going to play out. That being said, it's like difficult for me to be all that upset about the three guys that got the preseason nod and the recognition there. I just think Mims is due for a monster year. We see how Jeff Levy historically, number one guys under Jeff Levy, they get fed the rock. So I think Marvin Mims to me is what are his numbers the last couple of years? He, uh, I Are think he's set Google to just about. I, I think he's set to just about double. I'll just say that. I think he's about to double his combined receptions for the last two seasons, whatever that number is because I think I think Mim's probably gonna finish this year with eighty receptions, something like that. Oh wow, well, he
0: had he's had sixty nine receptions in his first two years. combined. Yeah, no,
1: I think he'll eclipse that.
0: So he'll do the Grace Lions home run where he'll have his career total by, like, some point with eight games to go in the year or seven games to go in the year or something like that. Correct, yes. <laughs> um, 69 catches, 1,300 yards, 19 yards per catch, 14 touchdowns. Keep in mind, he only started one game his freshman year and, played, and started 11 of the 13 games last year, but has played in 24 games during his career. So – I, I here's, here's my question that I would have, that I want your help on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. If, if you're angry, if you're mad, I'm going to give you three guys that I think have a legitimate case to be upset. And you tell me if you agree with me or not. Uh, Josh, you tell me if there is somebody that I'm leaving out, okay? This is the All-Big 12 first team where there were Zero Sooners outside of Michael Turk, and that's punning. And I don't know if that even counts.
1: And Dylan Gabriel was the newcomer of the year, but obviously that's not a first-team selection. So here we go. Oh, beautiful! Here we go.
0: All right. Um, first of all, I would say of the players who have a little little bit of beef, and I don't know if it's fair or not. But I I do think of Chris Murray. I think Chris Murray – and, again, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I've watched Connor Galvin uh, or, or Jacob Gall tape like a true diehard offensive lineman does. Maybe I'll have to – I don't know if Gabe will talk about it or if they did talk about it on the Oklahoma Breakdown. Trevor Downing, Cooper Beebe, or Zach Frazier, they're um, all Big 12 first team. But I, I just – To me, Josh, that's the one guy on the offensive line that I think I I might bang a drum for a little bit. I like Anton Harrison. I think he's going to be a stud. But I don't know if I could sit there and fight and scratch and claw for him over one of these other guys. So I would say Chris Murray, one. Number two would be Jalen Redman. And... Again, in, in the other guy that I'm going to mention here, and the three guys that I think could have a little bit of beef about not being mentioned on this first team, it's hard because the – where'd they go? They went with five defensive linemen. And all five of them, pretty, pretty impressive, right? The only one here you might say, eh, eh, maybe, maybe Colin Oliver, but I think he's a stud. But I think it's hard to slide a guy in whenever, you know – you're you're kind of projecting a little bit more on Jalen Redmond, but it's based on history. So Jalen Redman, and I might even make a case to a certain degree for Reggie Grimes. Now, I know all of us are on an Ethan Downs kick, but Reggie Grimes has been pretty effective. But that's my second guy. And then, you know, let me let me add a fourth. The third guy I'd bang the drum for would be Deshaun White. Um, that's a really good group of linebackers that's on the All-Big 12 team. Uh, DeMarvian Overshone is – is Obviously a guy who's knocking on the door to be a first-round pick for Texas. Uh, Dylan Doyle's been really good. SS Danielle Green Doyle out of Baylor. Green out of Kansas State. But I think Deshaun White has proven himself to be a guy that is worthy of that kind of a a spot on this team. And then I – I mean, maybe it's just because he didn't play last year, but Woody Washington – I, again, maybe that's sooner homerism coming out, but those were the three, four guys that I kind of banged the drum for. Outside of that, Josh, in all seriousness, it kind of makes sense that you wouldn't see more guys on here. What did what did Brent Venable say? Earn, not given, right? You got to go out and you got to earn it. And I like that. And I like the chip on the shoulder that it puts on him, but I don't know who I'm sitting here ready to fight and scratch and claw for.
1: Yeah, and, and really we should have seen this coming, you know, Athlon sports, how long ago was this beginning of June? So a month ago released their preseason, all big 12, first and second teams. And the Sooners had how many first team selections plank, right? Zero. They had right. though six second team selections according to Athlon sports. So I do think if we saw beyond the first team Media all Big Twelve team. I think if you got second team, third team, all Big Twelve, you would see a good number of Oklahoma Sooners. But again, it's just it's difficult right now off the top to feel like anybody not named Marvin Mims really, really got snubbed pretty bad. I agree with you. I think Jalen Redmond has a great chance when it's all said and done to potentially be a first team, uh, first teamer here. Maybe one of the linebackers for OU, if Deshaun White just has a monster year, may- maybe he does. I think Key Lawrence has a chance uh, with a great season to potentially be a first-team guy. But by no stretch of the imagination did I come away from this yesterday and, you know, slap my hands on the table and say, this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. What is going on here? What's a great line
0: from Dave Chappelle. This is ridiculous. What's going on here? Do we get crack in the end? I... <laughs> I'm, you're right, Marvin Mims, and I didn't include him because you just brought him up. But you know, I I argue for Woody, but he got it. He he came off a an injury plagued year, and it's hard whenever you have a handful of guys. I believe I didn't do a statistical deep dive that ended up with pretty good numbers last season. So I would fight for Jalen Redmond. I'd fight for Deshaun White. I'd fight for. Maybe maybe a Reggie Grimes. I might push a little bit for a Chris Murray, but for the most part, I didn't. I wasn't too shocked. In fact, a friend of mine, uh, Robbie Triano, who is the producer of Big Twelve Today in Sirius XM Channel Three Seventy Five, he actually had a vote, and we were going over his his ballot. Just he's like, hey, you know, i I've, I've never done this before. What do you guys think? And When I was looking over his ballot, I did immediately notice there's not a lot of Oklahoma guys on there. But even in his ballot, I I wasn't really shocked or blown away by anything. And granted, he had Dylan Gabriel as his starting quarterback. And maybe there could be a case for Gabriel over Sanders. But, I mean, listen, Spencer Sanders is the returning starter on a team that played in the Big 12 championship game. So I don't know. I love Dylan Gabriel to death, but I don't know how much you can bang the table for him. And, and by the way, on on Robbie's preseason team, you had Danny Stutzman at linebacker and um, and Anton Harrison on his offensive line. So I, I don't know, Josh. It's just – I want to believe that that's where it's going to be at the end of the season, right? I want to believe that these are guys that are going to be proven worthy of it. I just don't think it's something right now that I look at and say, how dare they? This is the media trying to get after Oklahoma because – no, it's, there's no – underlying theme here. It's just there's, you know, there's not a guy that, Spencer Rattler, Spencer Rattler was what, the first team All-Big 12 quarterback last year. The preseason polls don't mean a damn thing. No. They it, never have.
1: No, it, it's just a, it's a working foundation of who the media, who coaches, what they think, who they think some of the best players are, not Anything concrete, it it just isn't. Robbie Triano, by the way, noted Lincoln Riley defender and Oklahoma nemesis. (laughs) By the way, uh, just here here you go. Here are three things from the
0: 2021 um, Big 12 preseason football team. And I know that we don't like history, but here we go. The offensive player of the year in the Big 12 preseason poll was Spencer Rattler. The starting quarterback in the Big 12 preseason poll or the preseason rankings, was S- S- Spencer Rattler, Isaiah Thomas. Hey, there were three guys from the defensive side of the football that were first-team selections, and all of them graduated. Isaiah Thomas, Perryon Winfrey, and Nick Benito. I mean, Mike Rose was the defensive player of the year preseason, and Mike Rose did not have a very good year last year. Nope. For the Iowa State Cyclones. So – Col- Colby Harvell-Peel, all preseason conference defensive player, got hurt. It's just you never know. You, you, you never know, Josh.
1: How did the offensive line preseason compare to the final selections last you want year?
0: A, you want a good laugh? Yeah. Do you want to know who was on the all Big 12 preseason starting offensive line? Wanya Morris, Wanya Morris, who played in six games, six, six. So I wouldn't get too carried away. It was Trevor Downing, Colin Newell, uh, Marquise Hayes, Wanya Morris, Josh Sills, and Dawson Deaton. I I think what Josh Sills is on, um, Josh Sills didn't have a great season last year. But you know, this is a guy that is on what roster is he on right now? He's is, is he on the Eagles roster? I think they picked him up um, post or, or or after his season is concerned. So I, I don't know, Josh. I'm not going to get I'm not going to get too carried away with these preseason rankings or these preseason all conference teams. And you, by the way, when the preseason poll comes out later next week, just keep this in mind. The Oklahoma Sooner Baseball team made a run to the College World Series as a team that was number six out of, what, nine in the Big 12. So Made I, a run
1: to the National Championship Series.
0: Played in the Championship Series. So don't get too carried away with it. I understand. It's fun. It's a good talking point. But I would remind you that Wanya Morris was on the all Big 12 preseason team last year. And it's not a knock on Wanya, by the way, no, at all. He's had a great – in fact, we wrote about him for the upcoming episode – Uh, issue of Boyd Street in our football preview that's coming out in August but yeah I just I'm gonna sound like a broken record here and on the air comfort solutions text line none of y'all are sitting here banging the table for anyone outside of Marvin Mims so it makes sense to me because if I want to fight over someone not on this team it's probably Mims Josh and I don't know which receiver I'm gonna boot
1: and I you know I think you mentioned uh you mentioned Chris Murray I think Anton Harrison and Andrew Reim both maybe have a chance once uh, once we get to the end of the season. We'll see how things play out. Uh, maybe McCade Matayer, you know? I-, I just think that a lot of people don't realize that he came to OU and the guy started a lot of football. <laughs> He's a really nice football player coming over from Cal. I'm actually encouraged, too. I, I was curious with the offensive line that that would be kind of the easiest position for that sort of to remain static from beginning of the year to the end of the year, because quite frankly, media folks, I don't think know how to go back and watch 12 games of film and say, you know what that is, that is a first team offensive lineman, you know, like it's easy to look at statistics for wide receivers and tight ends and quarterbacks and even defensive tackles and defensive ends, right? It's very tangible. It's a little bit more difficult to to grade an offensive lineman. You can do pass, you know, pass protection win rate, I guess. But beyond that, like who's the best blocking offensive lineman is a little bit more difficult to evaluate. I think for most media members, but uh, you oh, know, th- those are some names that I think legitimately for Oklahoma on the offensive line they got a chance between now and the end of the season. We already see Anton Harrison just about on m- most NFL draft. Uh, early mock draft list he's kind of a first round second round guy so if that's where you're at probably you got a good chance to be a first team second team all big 12 type talent
0: hey real quick before we break i i caught up and again i'm am the nerd that looks at a mock draft for 2023 in july so i'll i'll be the first one to call myself out so you don't have to you know who i saw as a second round pick that no one talks about as maybe being a draftable commodity. And if Gabe Eichert's listening to this right now, which he isn't, he might spit his drink out. Andrew Rehm was listed as a pick in the middle of the second round in a mock draft that I was looking at yesterday.
1: Yeah, that seems like that's a lot of projecting.
0: Yeah, you're you're projecting a lot of improvement there. Not that I don't think Andrew Rehm could be that guy. He's got all the potential in the world. But you got to remember, He's basically played center for a year, so he's got a lot of learning to do still there. All right, 10-20. When we, when we come back on the playing show, we owe you a little bit more on Baker to Carolina. We'll hit up that Air Comfort Solutions text line. Keep them rolling in at 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. This is the Plank Show right here on The Ref. We'll hit the text coming up here in just a moment, but right now as we roll on on a Thursday with the Plank Show on The Ref, we're joined by Gary Cavins from here at Cavins Construction. What's going on, Gary?
2: Hey, how are you, Chris? Chef Goodforth, I'm good. I'm good. Yes, I did. I had an outstanding fourth. It was great. Fireworks, all kinds of fun.
0: Did you do the City of Norman fireworks show or no?
2: No, I did okay. not. You know, we sponsored it. We were one of the You're sponsors all over it. for it. But That's what we, I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, we didn't get to um, – well, we went to Jessica's brother's house out in the country and shot him off. And they, had some, we started shooting fireworks off as soon as it got dark. Mm-hmm. And about 11 o'clock, I said, I have to go work, so you guys are on your own for the rest of these. I think they finally shoot finished shooting off around 1.30. <laughs> they had a ton of That's awesome.
0: Works. I, I got to be honest with you. I am not a person – They'll find one situation. I'm sure you've seen the video by now of somehow like 8,000 fireworks get shot off at the same time in front of a dude's house. Now, I don't know how that happens. I don't know what your setup is that you've allowed that to happen. But I'm not someone. I'm fired up when I get a chance to Mm -hmm. shoot off fireworks. It's fun. 100%. Get the sprinklers. What am I talking? Sparklers going. That's right. Now, do you use the punks? To light, or do you just go straight with a longer lighter? Straight I guess,
2: with the longer lighter.
0: Because punks are kind of a thing of the past with a longer lighter, right? Back mm-hmm. in the day, I'm just going to show my age. When I was a kid, it was either like matches, or you'd light your punk, and then you'd have it where you could, you'd could. have to hold it on there forever. To, I don't know why I'm acting this out like people can see me on radio or anything, but, man, I'm a big fan. Yeah. I love the fireworks. Well, I'm glad uh, to be back here on a normal week, two weeks in a row on a Thursday. How are things rolling for you? Busy, as you said, but this heat. Um, how are you guys handling it out in the field? How have you guys handled it?
2: Well, luckily we've been really blessed, and a lot of our guys are working inside right now. So, uh, But we've, uh, we've gone over all the precautions with our guys and talked to them about how to handle the heat, and we've changed our hours a little bit. We're starting a little bit earlier. Of course, we still have guys on call. We still have the emergencies where we have to be outside and stuff like that. But we've, overall we've been really blessed. We have a lot of sororities and frat houses and um, interior paint jobs going on and maintenance jobs going on. So the majority of the guys are able to work inside. At
0: com there's a link for everything, the construction, the roofing, the maintenance, the environmental. And I think sometimes I just, we sit and we talk, and I just assume everyone knows everything. But when you talk about the environmental side of things, Gary, what does that encompass? What does that mean?
2: The environmental side is basically our, um, our side of the company that deals with mold, it deals with um, carpet cleaning, air duct cleaning, dryer vent cleaning, it, it deals with uh, trauma, climb scene, uh, blood, uh, cleanup, uh, and then it deals with, um, you know, it just deals with all of that kind of stuff, water extraction, structural drying, doing all that. So anything that's affecting your environment that you, when you're at work or you're at home, and um, you know that's that's basically what it's kind of turnkey what it's handling and you know we go through a astronomical amount of training with our guys and ourselves i'm always taking new classes and new training all the time on this stuff because it's always changing uh, the laws are always changing how to handle it how to remediate it how to remove it it's always changing and you know it's it's one of those things where we want to be on the top the top tier of how to take care of those things.
0: So I learned something this week because you mentioned uh, like blood and crime scenes of that nature. Um, I don't know what I always thought, but I've watched like the CSIs and I listen to way too many crime podcasts and I'm all in on one right now. And uh, the uh, it's a Dateline podcast. And the host Keith Morrison said the one thing we didn't know is, or that people probably don't know is, you know, after uh, the CSI investigators come in and do their thing, They leave. And they don't clean it up. So that's where Caven's Construction actually – I never knew that. I kind of thought, oh, they got a crew that comes in and cleans it up. No, they outsource that if they even do
2: it. It is. It's something that stays pretty kind of – under the table, gotcha. people don't talk about it a gotcha. lot because of what it is. Right, but it is something that has to happen. You know, if 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 something happens on private property, it's the landlord's responsibility, the building owner's responsibility, um, to get it cleaned up, and it's the or the homeowner's responsibility cleaned up. It's not, you know, the city or the state's responsibility to clean it up. It's the you know wherever the incident happened to get it cleaned up, and we are. Uh, trained we follow all state and, and federal guidelines to to remediate that clean up that and you know it's not just trauma and crime scene it's also oh somebody broke a glass sliced sure. themselves up really good blood all over the kitchen or something like that that's stuff that we can clean up and it's it's a little stuff like that it's you know um, and we can we can help with that and make sure that it's a clean um Environment to come back into after the situation. Um, odor control, something else that we do on right. the environmental side. We don't get into that a whole lot, uh, but we do odor control also. Huh? That's
0: I never knew. And like you said, it's not something that necessarily you advertise or that anyone would talk about. Right. But it's it's important. Now you mentioned the air duct cleaning. Is somebody who suffers from allergies nonstop? Uh, it's necessary, especially if there's even any slight concern about mold, to make sure that you get your vents taken care of, your carpets clean, And that's a simple process, isn't it?
2: It is. You know, getting into that is that, that's important maintenance on the house. Air duct cleaning is really good because it helps in many different ways. One way it helps is it helps prevent fires um, from your dryer, overheating and causing a fire. You know, a lot of people start their dryers at night and then go to bed uh... and you know it's one of those things where you want to make sure it's clean there's no lint buildup or anything like that that can start a fire the other thing is efficiency of your dryer if your dryer vent is clogged up with debris in it such as lint and you should see the amount of lint and debris we pull out of a lot of these Chris it is crazy uh, just hands, handfuls, handfuls of lint and debris in these things and it, but it, if we get it out of there, then it makes your uh, dryer dry faster, which is more efficient for you. Um, and then it also saves you on your electric bill because your dryer is not having to work so much harder to dry everything, or you're not having to run your dryer multiple times to dry everything. Uh, so that you know, that's on the dryer vent. Air duct cleaning um, is great because you never know what you're breathing in, what you're breathing, in. and you know it's important that there is mold and stuff that can develop in your air ducts because there's a lot of moisture in there with cool air this time of year and Mm -hmm. humidity and everything. So it's good to get your air ducts cleaned once a year and just have them maintained to make sure the air quality in your house is where it should be. You know, we do a lot of mold testing and stuff like that. And so we see air quality, part of the mold testing that we do is an air mold testing. And so we see air quality in people's houses you know i can do an air quality test in a frat house for say and i know what i'm going to get i right. can do it in a shorty house i know what i'm going to get i'm going to do it in a in a bank and i know what i'm going to get and it's one of those things where you can always it just when anytime we do air testing for mold we know every little thing me and jessica are really good at reading those microbiology reports that are produced and uh, we can tell what is dead human Uh, cells that are just sitting on counters and on the floor and stuff like that what's mold what's you know there's just so many different things and that is that's the level of training that me and jessica have had on the mold investigation Uh, and and we continue to develop those skills every day that's amazing and final thought you got to know if you
0: have mold And that's what you're here for, because not only can you get rid of it, but you can identify it, and that can be the start of the problem, right? Not knowing that you have
2: it. Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of things, if you have a water, if you've had a water leak and you have water standing on your sheetrock, on your wall, and if you're in a business, acoustical ceiling panels, you know, that's the start of it. What's going on behind the scenes behind that water leak? And, you know... You never by the time water leaks show up, sometimes you don't know how long they've been there, how long it's been doing that. The longer, the more hot likelihood that there is a chance for a mold.
0: CavensConstruction.com. You can learn it all there. Thanks, Gary. We appreciate it, man. Thank you, Chris. Great appreciate stuff. It. And we're going to have Chris talk some roofing in the final hour, right? Yeah, I
2: think so. I think so. In fact,
0: he's going to take us home. All right. Most
2: definitely. He'll be fired up.
0: Thanks, Gary. Right. We'll appreciate it. Thank you, Chris. Uh, Gary Cavens, CavensConstruction.com. All right. Quick break. We'll come back. Look at the Air Comfort Solutions. A text line. Get some of your calls in here in the Riverwind Casino. Jackpot line at 405 329 9000. It is a Thursday. A hot Thursday right here on the raft. Quick question, Josh Helmer quick question as we welcome you back to the quick
1: answer maybe what's going on with bobby witt jr he's been playing good baseball recently
0: i just saw that he was out of the lineup so i wanted to make sure he wasn't hurt
1: the other night i was watching uh and keep in mind for my own mentals i do not watch the kansas city royals on every single afternoon or evening but uh he had a two run jack the other night i was i was watching so Wanna I think sure. I think everything's cool.
0: Okay. All right. Just want to make sure. I'm a big fan, right? Big fan. Though I can't say that I have watched a lot of Royals games. I've caught a lot of the highlights.
1: But... He's probably, I would imagine, for the Los Angeles Dodgers, he's got to be up there on their 2028 big board.
0: Make that trade? Make that big signing?
1: <laughs> yeah, we'll it's it? more of a free agent type deal. Free agent thing?
0: Uh, it's kind of how it works out anymore in baseball, right? Uh, welcome back into the playing show right here on The Ref. How you feel about hitting some of those air comfort solutions text here? Josh, you ready to
1: do it? I would love to. Let's go.
0: Um, 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. Uh, let's start here from the 405. Baker is who he is. Last year should be on the Browns. As far as I'm concerned, he's great. My guy, Go Baker. Okay, here's agree and disagree. Not not that he's your guy. Last year should be on the Browns. Um, it's so hard, I think, Josh, as a player, to say, "Hey, I don't think I can go," because number one, well, look what happened. <laughs> you you immediately have someone that jumps in and takes your spot, or or B, more specifically, look at what's happened. Look at what look at what's happened, Josh, to Jimmy Garoppolo. Look at the strays he's caught this week, right? Um, Martellus Marcel, Martellus Bennett was all over him for not being able to go in a game. Uh, who who was the receiver that took a shot at him? Was it? It wasn't Wes Welker. Um, Edelman, Julian Edelman. Thank you. And so when you don't play, it's like, well, he didn't go when we needed him most. He didn't go. What's wrong? So. I completely understand why Baker pushed through it. But where I do agree with you is there had to be a spot, right, where the Browns stepped in and said, "Listen, enough. You got to you got to sit down." They finally did. I think he finally did. And then Kevin Stefanski didn't help him. Look back at that Steelers game. He'd have been sacked like 3 times and they kept throwing the football. They never even tried to run it. So, I, I do think a lot of responsibility falls on the on the Cleveland Browns on this front.
1: Yeah, and, you know, I I would like to know what the discussions were like when they found out that he had the torn labrum. Did he legitimately get advised by Cleveland, hey, get the surgery done right now. We'll have you back in a month, month and a half, and we'll go from there. It could be a much different situation in tune that everybody's singing in Cleveland about Baker Mayfield if that – had been how last year played out. Obviously, Baker Mayfield, if he was legitimately advised to take that path, he said no. He said, I want to keep playing, and probably to his detriment in a lot of ways. I I thought this was a good point from my partner John Williams on the Locked On Sooners podcast last night, and it kind of depends and hinges upon do you buy into some of what's been out there in the atmosphere about Kyler Murray what was he truly was he truly upset with the way that last season played out whatever right let's just hypothetically go for a moment as though Kyler Murray was kind of fascinating right the approaches that two different quarterbacks with Oklahoma ties have taken Kyler Murray end of last season in the postseason very upset looking to assign some blame to other pieces of the organization for how that postseason game played out versus the Los Angeles Rams. Meanwhile, Baker Mayfield totally committed to playing through injury, and yet uh, we see how the two respective quarterbacks are sort of talked about and treated.
0: That is an absolutely awesome point, right? Because, I mean, I the guys, the guy that I work with. On Mad Dog, Rick Kamla. And, and again, I keep saying we're going to get Rick on. Uh, we'll do it at some point. He's a good NBA mind. I want to wait till the Thunder get a little bit better because I don't need him going scorched earth on the Thunder uh, with, you know, the way that y'all think I feel about Oklahoma City, or at least Toby, I uh, feel about <laughs> Oklahoma City. But he's always like, you've got to be out there playing if you're Kyler Murray. And I don't understand not playing with just a – go out there and ice it up, right? Ice up, son. Baker Mayfield – tries to and ends up becoming like despised by Cleveland fans because he can't compete. Kyler Murray doesn't, and he's despised because he's not tough enough. I mean, it's a great – dude, what a wild parallel. Look at John Williams coming up with good angles. Um Let's see, where was this one? From the 214 off the Air Comfort Solutions text line, the irony would have been if Carolina would have added Sam Darnold in the trade. By the way, if you're the Cleveland Browns, and I want, to, I want to make this point. Whenever we were trying to project where quarterbacks might end up in the offseason, I did project that Jimmy Garoppolo could end up with the Browns, and I don't know where why I pulled that up or why I pulled that out of my backside, but I just kind of thought that there might have been a possibility there. They ended up with Deshaun Watson, and obviously things went different. But I don't see – why in the world – why would the Browns then, who have no resources going forward, right – why would they trade any pick? What would they have to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo, Josh? Are they going to trade the pick they just got from Carolina? Hey, listen, this pick that we just got from Carolina, we're going to trade to San Francisco. It's a fifth now, but it could be a fourth if Baker Mayfield goes. Well, I don't. I think sometimes we just speak without thinking. The Browns don't have anything to trade San Francisco for Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo might actually end up getting a decent pick from somebody. And it wouldn't surprise me at all, Josh, if, if San Francisco waits until after the season starts to move Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't think he's going to get dealt before the season. I really don't.
1: Well, and what and, what does the financial situation look like too for Cleveland? Is is that even salary cap wise is that even a possibility?
0: Probably not. Now, remember Jimmy G can also be outright cut by San Francisco. Correct. They won't owe him any money, but I just—it would know, make dude.
1: sense, though. I mean, I could see where people jump to that that point. Robert Griffin the third, right, sent that that tweet out and got everybody talking about that, and it does make sense from the point that look, there's a great chance that Deshaun Watson's not playing this year. Let's just call it what it is. He, you know, best case scenario, Deshaun Watson, I think only get suspended for six games, right? But there's a chance they kind of throw the book at Deshaun Watson, and all of a sudden, what are you telling me you're going to try and ride this season with that roster in Cleveland that we've been told time and time again, oh, this is one of the best rosters in the National Football League. So if that's the case, you know, it's bad business to sit there and essentially waste a year of the roster. So if you could – swing any sort of a deal to get Jimmy Garoppolo, who is a, feel however you want to feel about Jimmy Garoppolo. He wins. He wins football games. He's a lot like Alex Smith, right? I mean, I know a bunch of people in Kansas City that couldn't wait to get rid of Alex Smith, and yeah, I mean, it's it's played out to where you look kind of like a genius because of Patrick Mahomes, but guess what? Alex Smith was not a bad quarterback, and that's kind of how I feel about Jimmy G. He would make sense for Cleveland, but again, is there a way to get that done? I. Yeah, I don't know.
0: And then one more quick one uh, of the Air Comfort Solutions text line. This is from the 405 and gets us back to college football. All right, so I want y'all's opinion. With USC going to the Big Ten, does Lincoln Riley have any kind of home field advantage? I think his new opponents would love to spend a weekend in L.A. in the winter and take over the Coliseum. Dude, let me tell you something. I hadn't even thought about that. Do you know what that crowd would look like? If Ohio State was playing an okay USC team, do you know what that crowd would look like when Michigan's playing USC, Penn State's playing USC, Wisconsin's playing USC? <laughs> it would be like a Rams home game against the Niners or the Raiders. I mean, that's ai hadn't even thought about that, Josh. Now, again, when USC is good, much like most teams in L.A., it's a very bandwagon town. Sorry, Poppy. You know it. Very bandwagon town. And if they get good, they'll have good crowds. But if they're just, you know, starting to build and starting to get there, by that point at 24, right, when they're going to be there, and even if they're good, even if they're good, Josh,
1: it's a big stadium. No, they have to be great. They've got to be USC great to sell that thing out and – to not let Ohio State and Michigan fans, and maybe even the Wisconsins and the Iowas of the world travel down there and take that stadium over a little bit. They've got to be great in order to engage that fan base because let's call it what it is. The city of Los Angeles is not ride or die for USC. They are for the Lakers. They more or less are for the Dodgers, but... Look, anybody else? And that includes a team that just won a Super Bowl, right? I don't think you can put the, the Rams aren't in that category. Chargers aren't in that category. And USC is not in that category either. You better be, you better be great if you want to avoid that sort of uh, takeover by opposing Big Ten fan bases.
0: By the way, did you see uh,
1: Steelman's tweet
0: that Kendall just sent us? No, what was it? Steelman ran into Baker Mayfield at the airport in the Bahamas.
1: Oh my goodness
0: yeah uh he saw baker and his wife emily at the i guess there's a wendy's and a quiznos the bahamas <laughs> and they they got a picture with him in the food court yeah i'm it's looking like, at it right that?
1: now in the food court that's awesome <laughs> that's
0: so cool all right when we come back right here on the ref wrap up our it's a good question by the way on the home field advantage because Ohio State, places of that nature, bro, they're going to travel like crazy. Michigan State fans will travel. You know, let me get a confirmation on that. I think Michigan
1: State fans would travel.
0: We'll dive into it next right here on the radio. Pierce, you've been very quiet today. Is everything okay? Back in the Brown O'Haver Studios.
1: Everything's wonderful. He's listening to you guys. He does appear very melancholy on this Thursday. So,
0: did you just see that last text we got? I'm very triggered right now. So, off the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Someone hit us up said, never run over snakes. Your tires could whip them up into your undercarriage, and they can slither into the cab through the dash while you're driving. Heard many stories of this happening.
1: (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Yeah, talk about ruining a Thursday for everybody. Why you got to share that with us and spook everybody out? Uh,
0: Show context, again. I I know Toby doesn't believe in show context. You listen at 6 a.m., and that's it. I have to accept it. I'm not as popular. Uh, Show context, I told the story earlier in the the show where my three great fears are bears, tigers, and snakes. And I had run over a snake, and when I circled back around to finish said snake off, it was gone.
1: So it probably, I guess, just climbed. It's probably in your dashboard as we speak, I guess. Yeah, it's just in your car. Stop (laughs) it. It's probably just slithering (laughs) around in the backseat. As soon as this show is over, we will have a car
0: burning out here <laughs> at Caven. So I got Gary's got all the stuff to help me out if it gets out of control, but I know what I saw when I looked back after I had run over it and it was still on the road. So I know that. I know that. You trying to scare me, and you know that as soon as this show is over, I am giving a thorough once over to the engine and everything else. <laughs> But I know I saw it after I hit it, that it was still on the
1: road. I hope so. Can you
0: imagine Can you imagine this conversation if it was any other animal right now and how much trouble that we would be in? So I saw this cat, and I just ran over it. And after I ran over it, or I saw this dog. Or I saw this squirrel. Anyone else would be like, oh, my gosh. But a snake, most people are like, I get it. I understand. I would have done the same thing.
1: Our approval rating is plummeting rapidly with snake lovers today
0: yeah i know right now my my, my sister what my daughter's best friend peyton or she says peyton peyton is um is a diehard reptilian fan so if i was able to get peyton as a listener i probably just lost her is what we're saying and um one more that message about the snake coming into the car, whoops, that message about the snake coming into the car after running over it, I now have a new nightmare. I need a new show that doesn't give me phobias about nope ropes. <laughs> Don't worry, bro. It's my its my concern, too. It's my concern, too. Uh, Burly Boomer, you actually have a snake? Oh, my gosh, People. I get, I get. Can you? I'm like nervous even thinking about it. All right, we got a break. We got a break. When we come back, Joey Helmer joins us from OUinsider.com. Newcastle Casino top five stories of the day and tons of your tweets right here on the Home of Sooner Fans.